0: Hey there. Welcome to the in between. So glad y'all are here with us. I think, I think we're dragging still a little bit from Friday. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. There's, I'm dragging from a lot more than just Friday. Yeah. Friday and then an emotional Sunday. Yep. I mean that, uh, this, this, uh, this in-between is brought to you by caffeine <laughs> yep, in all of its forms. <clears throat> Paul's got a Red Bull. Chris's got coffee. I got a Coke. Yep. We are hanging in there right now. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, for me, it's Mark surgery, three oh, days yeah. in the hospital, a couple days in the hospital. Coming back from Israel. Coming back from Israel. And I've never reworked a sermon as much as I have that one. So it was it was something else. Well, you had a lot of time to rework it. That's true. That's true. Cuz I I mean, you may be being sarcastic. No, I'm serious. Yeah, cuz you knew I started writing it a long time way ago. Way back yeah. when uh the first stuff was leaked. The draft. So yeah. we've
0: been we've been we've been praying for this for a while before yep. that too. So So true. Um anyway, quite a quite an emotional and a man, I really I just I loved uh the the call to action inside of that—that that this is not like a woo, we won. Oh, don't yeah. have anything left to do now. Exactly. No, now, now the work starts. Yep, a whole new level. But that's good,
2: And so Yeah, speaking good. of that's the not, emotion, that's how ministry works. Yeah, Chris, you've—I mean, you've shared, and and we share in the sentiment of like when oftentimes what brings you closest or easiest to emotion is when something feels epic. Yeah. Epic. yeah. And I think that, I think that the call to action, I mean, just felt epic. Epic. It just felt like, yes, this isn't that we're, hope the battle's over. It's nope. Now look at the front lines. Like, here, here we go. Um, and I think, I think very similarly, you know, a lot of, there was a mixed, uh, at least responses I know from a lot of people on, you know, how many pastors took this Sunday and how they approached this, um, you know, and again, mixing politics into the pulpit is always, Mm. always something that's hard and- Um, you know, you, you can see both sides of it. You can see the, you know, the pastoral side of a, of, you know, a shepherd wanting to lead his flock through, you know, what is going on today. And so you you can understand that, but then you can also see the, um, you know, the error of now, are you really addressing scripture or are we just, you know, are you just a political commentator, you know, from a different venue that then is in worship and, uh, but I I think that, I think the idea of, of what, what was addressed and not that it was addressed just from a political standpoint, but what it was addressed from the standpoint of Christian living. And then now how our lives, you know, should, should be reflective of, you know, again, Christ's love in this time and his call, Mm -hmm. um, for what this means. I mean, I think it was again, very well done and, and very appropriate.
1: Yeah. There's been a lot of feedback, very positive, encouraging feedback. So it's been really, um, it's been really sweet. Uh, I'm actually... No negatives come
2: to you? Yep.
1: Not uh, Which don't not happen from the sermon. a
2: sermon. Yeah, don't ha- that doesn't happen a lot here
1: uh-uh. anyways. but No, not from the sermon. Obviously, stuff online or whatever, there's some of that stuff there, but that's given. Was that's that from given. Facebook or was that from like a post that you
0: put out there? Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my
1: posts are too long for people who
2: yeah, I don't, don't I, want to read them to read them.
0: I would have been surprised, but at the same time, I wouldn't have been <laughs> surprised if <laughs> yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. Yeah, that, that's, that's
2: why you get the negative ones on Facebook. They feel, they feel uh, that they've spent too much time reading it. Anyways, so are <laughs> yeah, exactly. obliged to comment now. Now I'm angry. Yeah,
1: I don't know what that's about. As long as it's short enough, like just a meme. People feel like they comment on it. Like, no, go to my article and read it. Like, meh, I'd rather just comment. on <laughs> no, it. no, I'd rather just comment
0: without <laughs> reading it. That's what I. That's what I prefer. Yeah, that's what I prefer. I don't I'm, care what you really think.
1: I, I like a lot of ignorance mixed into my convictions. <laughs> Um, so speaking of back to the, it it was interesting. I like the way, one of the things that Moeller said, Al Moeller said in the midst of this is like, so for so many years, there's been this kind of generalized sense of, I mean, I can't affect this. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is a bunch of judges are going to have to decide something. I don't get to say in this, I don't get a vote in this. I don't get any input in this. He's like, now the front line of the abortion and pro-life battle has now been brought to our front doors. Yeah. For the first time in 50 years, it's back where it yeah. was 50 years ago, which is right on our doorsteps. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when it comes to that conversation, the the, the protection of uh, the unborn, for the first time in a long time, there's something political we can do other than kind of Hail Mary. I'm going to hope that, vote for a president that I hope, if an opening comes open, yeah, if it an, might choose a judge. If they have an might, opportunity. And yeah. it's like. That's the closest I can get to the process. It's well out. Nope. I mean, that your local state congressperson will now be directly engaging in the conversation. And that's just politically. Mm-hmm. What I love is, in some sense, it's like, especially for our church, when I said, okay, stand up if you're involved in adoption, to stand up. And you have half the room standing in both services by the end of those series of questions. Like, in some ways, for our church, it's like, okay, stay on target. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what you've stay been doing, on target. keep doing that. And it just, it may be, more of us are just going to need to step up and very likely we don't know that but likely more are just going to have to step up and say all right I'm I'm joining that part of the fight to to take care of children which is children that now have been born yeah. to families that didn't want them and might have aborted them now they're not
2: aborted now they're in mm-hmm. the foster
1: system or now they're open for adoption and anyway
2: yep and like you were saying of just the the media attack or the lies that would come that says, you know, Christians only care about unborn yeah. and don't care. You know, Man, again, that's... now now you're just filing that under the scoffers. That's like right. Now you, now you so clearly look around the room and say, well, that's clearly not, not true. Yeah. Uh,
0: historically and not true presently. And so. No. I mean, every time I hear that, I'm like, really? Because I don't, I don't feel like that's true. Yeah. But maybe you have some insight that I no I have insight that you don't have. <laughs> right. And that's that. No, we're living this. We are doing this. This is this is what we spend our time and effort and money and tears and blood on. Yeah, And I don't I don't think it's like there's so many times I I just don't want to be the you know arrogant ignorant Christian. Whenever somebody says something like, okay, like, let me, let me take into account what you're saying and try to figure out if there's truth in it. And, right. and on this subject, I'm like, no, I know better. Right. Like you, you sound like you're being holier than me, but you're not accurate.
1: Okay so I got to read you guys know Cooper Izell. Yeah. So Cooper's a great With the horse dog debater. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had no idea he had a dog that big. By the way, that's an 8 month old. It'll get 40 no, pounds. I know. I was like meat.
0: holy cow. That thing is enormous. Especially that you mean, know, Cooper, he and, his Cooper wife and his wife are, wife are not large people. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> it helps that that helps that the dog is bigger that than them. The that. dog's bigger than they are. Um okay so Cooper uh who was following the Facebook stuff uh and he's the one who jumped in when someone made the first proclamation who doesn't know me. Oh, you just care about the unborn. You don't, you're not involved in taking care of children who aren't adopted. You're not involved. And they went this whole list, of course, not knowing me at all. And, and Cooper's like, yeah, you probably don't want to be doling that stuff out for Chris and his family. You're, you're looking really ignorant. Um, You look like an idiot. And so he just, he unpacked, but here's what, that same post Cooper who loves to debate and is a great researcher Here's what he posted. Practicing Christians are two and a half times more likely to adopt than the rest of the population. Uh, About 2% of the population has adopted, but that number goes to 5% when looking exclusively at practicing Christians. So one in 20 practicing Christians has adopted somebody. Um, Yeah, we need
0: to up that. Oh, yeah.
1: It needs to be probably 30%, 40%. They are more likely to seriously consider adoption. How many of them
0: ad- have adopted multiple times? I don't know That's what I would that's, like. To I know. don't know if that's on there too. Like, mm. sure, it's it's twenty percent, or it's you know one in every twenty uh, for at least one for for one. How many? <laughs> like, yeah, how many is like yeah. once you've once They've you've adopted once, you might adopt
1: again. Just saying. Um, sixty-five percent of foster parents attend a weekly church service. Thirty-nine versus thirty-nine percent of the general population, according to Pew Research. Um, forty percent of churches provide support groups for adoptive and foster parents, including foods and meals and other things, according to Barna. Um, in Arkansas, nearly half of the foster parents in the state were recruited by a single Christian organization. Single one did that. Um, states that banned faith-based agencies saw a huge decrease in foster families. Children waiting to be adopted in Colorado were cut in half by focus on the family. A uh, focus on the family ministry. Forty-eight percent of congregations help families with food uh, shortages. Sixty-two percent of food banks are faith-based, and higher when you look at urban areas. He just—he was just cranking out examples of like,
0: no, no, this is not true. Yeah, Christians are
1: now as a as a born again believer. I'm like those number, like you said, those numbers still feel low. Yeah, to that me. feels low. That feels let's, low. Let's let's up that. <laughs> let's go. Sure I mean, yeah, absolutely. Up. Let's like keep. But when you compare pushing. When you compare Christians to sec people in the secular world, there is no doubt that on average, not case by case, but on average, uh, practicing Christians, church attending Christians, evangelicals have the highest scores on when it comes to fostering, adopting, and all that kind of stuff. So you know what I'm trying to like, I'm going
0: through the the people in our church that have adopted, and I'm trying to think if there is a single one that only has one adoptive child yeah uh
2: yes but it's their first so yeah exactly so yeah they're just
0: getting started they're just yeah. getting started yeah, they're
2: just getting started maybe more i mean
0: but more. i'm i like seriously like it took me that long to come up with one mm-hmm. like because most of them have more than one but it's yeah there's a lot of like that all of those one of one of the uh stats that you just threw up made me think of something but i can't remember Oh, it was the, uh, 60 something percent of foster families are involved in a church. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly.
0: 69% of foster families are, attend church regularly, weekly. Man, I don't, I don't know how you do it without the church.
1: I can't, I can't fathom it either. No. So there you go. But only 40% of the general population attends church weekly. So that just shows a strong link connection between foster families and church, anyway. So, this week, man, look, unpacking this passage in Second Peter. <clears throat> so, one, I am going to start with my mic sounds weird in my ears. Does it sound normal to you guys? Sounds normal? fine. Okay, good. Um, uh, I just sound weird, huh? Okay, yeah. so now here, I Uh, I like yeah, I got kind Trust. of a country twang. Who is what's wrong with the mic? Uh, you're from Nacogdoches. <laughs> I need to break this uh, to you. I love you, to listen but... to myself speaking. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, um, so I'm going to start actually with a little bit of a report on the two uh, uh, resolutions that passed mm-hmm. in the Southern Baptist Convention. i just summarizing those a little bit. Um, oh, I forgot that that happened. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then then we're going to dive into the passage. But man, this this little passage has some pretty big keywords um, as we, as I work my way into it, the, the, um, let me pull up the exact passage so I can read it. Wait, so where, where are you starting? Are you going to start in verse uh, eight? Yeah, I'm going to start back in
0: eight. Okay.
1: Um, Which Stephen, that's where Stephen, he wrapped up all the way to 10, but I'm, I'm going to skim down through, do not overlook this fact. This one fact, beloved that with the Lord one day is as a, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all that all should re- reach repentance. Mm-hmm. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and when the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed." Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? So I've got to unpack phrases. I've got to go back and unpack phrases like, I don't know. Um, um, there was a couple of big ones that jumped out at me. Um, the day of the Lord. That's not something I can just mm-hmm. skip over. Like I've got to now explain what is the day of the Lord mm-hmm. again. Yeah, um, to really unpack that.
0: Oh, uh, we got to go all, all the way back to
1: Daniel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Isaiah, and and these
0: <laughs> what do you passages. Mean the, what we what we talked about in in Daniel. Yeah, we haven't we haven't gone over Isaiah. Going back, that's true. Yeah, we're gonna have to do I. I, I in my brain,
1: just so you'll know, here's how it goes. Uh, first, second Samuel, Luke, Isaiah. Oh, we're gonna probably we're gonna, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, and then retirement. And then yeah, and the I was retirement. Like, <laughs> no, that sounds like about 10 years worth yeah. of sermons. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure
0: Isaiah is about five of those years. Yeah, yep. Oh my gosh. Please. Uh let's not okay. We're just keep moving. <laughs> um,
1: anyway, so that's fun. I thought about doing Isaiah after Second Peter because Peter references Isaiah so much, um, but that Chris also sounds kind of deep.
0: Two sabbaticals away from retirement, so
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I mean I don't know that that's the case, but I've already put together a handful of people who are watching, like to let me know. Okay, it's time. <laughs> We've, some you, some old pastors a, don't a, ever know it's time, a little to go. Dotty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I'm with me, I don't know how you'll know. I think he's losing it, but it may just be Chris. Um, did he ever have it? Did he ever have it? That's right. Did he find it and then lost it again? Um, but this the whole convert just just unpacking some of it, um, some of these conversations about the day of the Lord, um, unpacking the idea of uh the idea of a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, that's huge. I think you're going to have to mention dissolving. I probably will. and, and as Paul and I were talking about I mean, how about how about verse twelve? Yeah, waiting for and hastening the coming mm-hmm. of the day of the Lord. I'm sorry, that's there's something I might be involved in that might hasten that. That's a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I luckily I gave three weeks in the plan between now and the end of, uh, I think that's right, and the end of teaching first Peter Make the sure third that's right.
0: the tenth and the 17th and then you're gone and then it's the 24th and the 31st are Bob and Paul is the seventh seventh and yep. then you're back on the 14th yep.
1: so the third the tenth and the seventeenth that's right um to finish first Peter second Peter and I'm glad I gave three I think you can do it I think so too but man so, uh, what I'll probably be turning in this week will essentially be at least through thirteen, and then I'm just gonna have to divide that across two weeks whenever I run out of time. When you run, yeah, because um, there's so much cool stuff in here, um, and it doesn't it it doesn't help my brain that I'm talking about, you know, the day of the Lord, Revelation uh, sixteen fourteen, for they are demonic. Sp- for they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle in the great day of God, the almighty mm-hmm. behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays away. Just the same words. Those, those two mm-hmm. for both those phrases are in this passage. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And they assemble them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So it, it you know for for me taking less time, it doesn't help that I was just at Armageddon that I was just there. And in my brain, I'm like, how much I want to unpack mm-hmm. like more and more and more. But this really does fit, by the way. I do think that that the day of the Lord there is there have there have been and will be several quote, days of the Lord. and then there will be the last great day of the Lord. It goes back to that birth pangs. Yeah. thing because we've already had several events that are referred to as the day of the lord it's kind of anytime god breaks out in wrath and judgment reckoning it's like yeah it's time we're done as i don't remember what comedian it was years ago i mean so far back i have no idea when one of those christian comedians who i'm talking about from the 80s and 90s they were all just you know, like horrific oh uh, what are you talking <laughs> about mark lowry was okay, amazing it may be mark lowry But as one of those Christian comedians back then who referenced this as being when God's like, all right, everybody out of the pool. Everybody out of the pool. (laughs) And I don't remember what it was, but every single time I referenced the day of the Lord, that's what stuck with me. He's like, all right, everybody out of the pool. Like, (laughs) <laughs> that was the moment of judgment when you were a kid. <laughs> oh, um, anyway. Oh, man. Somebody did something dumb. Now we're all got to get out of the pool.
0: Yeah, that was. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a moment like that with Micah very recently at the pool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh, you want me? Because he was swimming to the middle of the pool. Like, yeah. Oh, you can't get me here.
2: <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, taking exactly. off my shirt, taking <laughs> off my
0: sandals. Like, you don't, I mean, daddy can swim faster than you. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking is going to happen right now.
1: I'm untouchable.
0: (laughs) Anyway, and then the idea of the
1: the day of the Lord coming like a thief, I mean, unpacking that is is big. That is a concept that shows up over and over again, which is such a great picture because it creates this exact right feeling of, gosh, if I had known the thief was coming, (laughs) I could have done something. I could have been prepared and And the idea of the day of the Lord coming like a thief is that when a thief shows up, that's bad, but it's really only really bad if you didn't know he was coming. Mm. And so that's it's such a great picture because it's not just, oh, I'm helpless. nothing I can it's not like an earthquake right. it's 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 a thief. If you know it's coming, you can be prepared. And so um, you know, it's it's the it's when when you get a warning and that's what this is, it's it's going to happen. This will happen. So you need to be prepared. And I'm going to unpack a little bit the story of the, uh, the 10, um, I think they're called the 10 virgins, but the 10 unmarried women who are called to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And some of them have enough oil to wait and some don't. And it's just this great, very simple parable of,
0: hey, you, you know this is coming. You will be without excuse if it catches you off guard. Yeah. I always thought the thief uh, metaphor was more talking about the fact that you don't know that it, like you don't know that it happened until it's already happened. Like until he's already gone. Like a thief doesn't normally break into a house and announce that he's there and take the stuff. Like you don't notice that the thief was there until you notice that everything's gone.
1: I mean, that that may be right in, in one sense, but in this, in the teaching on this, he actually says, if the man, if the, man of the house had known the thief was coming. He could have prepared, therefore be prepared. Yeah, And so it's clearly his, uh, the application in this case is need to be prepared for this. This is, I'm going to show up like a thief and those who aren't ready are going to get, are going to be in big trouble. So anyway, it's such a powerful thing. And then the, the dissolved concept, which I guess, remember, remember me telling you, I think it was one point we with the last, that last verse of Amazing Grace or that, mm-hmm. what feels like the new verse, because no one used to sing it for a yeah. long, long time. <laughs> the earth shall soon, soon dissolve, dissolve like, like snow. snow. Yeah. Do you remember me? I think it was you that I, you did it one Sunday or someone did it one Sunday and I was like, I don't, I don't like when we add in new verses for songs like this. Like I, it's whatever. not Yeah. And yeah. you were like, no, no, no it's, it's, it's original. It's <laughs> and so I went back I was like, oh, and turns out when we've been there the 10,000 years, that's the actual added verse. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, but I like that verse. Well, I've, shows I mean, you it that it a words. long time ago. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. It's not like last week by Hillsong. It's, mm-hmm. um, but man, that idea of the, this, this has got to be what he was thinking of when he wrote, the earth will soon dissolve like snow. Um, because that, that word shows up at least twice in this passage.
0: Man, I was thinking about that song um the other day and I was like, it, it it amazing grace is one of those songs that uh for for a lot of reasons I'm not going to say just one but I'm sorry I am going to say just one um but there there are a lot of reasons that amazing grace has kind of become this Christian anthem. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's 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 you know, we've we've sung songs longer for sure like be thou my vision has been sung longer than amazing grace but right. since amazing grace like it it really has taken on this like Everyone knows it. Even yep. people that don't originally speak English know Amazing Grace. Like one mm-hmm. of those things. And I was thinking about it like what what is it the way that I was thinking about it was what does it take to write a song like that? Yeah. Um like where where what can you point to is like the what makes this such a whatever and I have to believe it has everything to do with the repentance that is in that song. And so that last verse, the earth will soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, um. But God has, ooh, what does it say? Shoot, that's the one um, verse
1: I can't c- recall off the top of my
0: head. That's
1: good. Will will
0: be forever mine. I I can't remember what comes in between though. Um. Oh, God, who called me here below, will be forever mine. Okay, And that like, that, uh, that like resolve inside of what I, what the rest of the song is repentance, like is so focused on repentance. is so focused. Like that feels so important right now. The idea that like, we, we, we have done wrong. Right, and I think we we understand that we get like, oh, you know, I could have done that better, blah 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 blah. Like, no, like you have done wrong, and you 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 need repentance. And the like, the pent- repentance, the the like, drive to keep repenting, the the drive to keep whatever is uh is is so locked in with this promise. That everything else will fade, but God is not like He doesn't dissolve. And right. There's there's so many times where it feels like, you know, in the world and the distractions and everything like that, that that He's the one who's fading into the back of our mind. He's the one who we lose sight of or whatever. But He's actually the one that doesn't fade. Right. Um, when everything else does, and like that, like there's so much inside of that that I'm like. That comment, like, I may just need to sing that song to myself over and over and over again, which is a good. Uh, I'm gonna contact Justin right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good, Paul. Anything else to jump out at you from this one?
2: I think too. The, I mean, back in nine, the the idea of in the ESV it says, you know, not wishing that anyone would perish, Um but the uh the greek word there is 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 stronger um it's almost like not willing my will is not that anybody would perish but that all should reach repentance um i mean just again the the what seems like so easy for us to have to put in contradiction um the lord doesn't have to when he does when he puts his will in in into place perfectly um but the idea that some will perish even though he wills that they would not perish. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, just that concept alone is is so complex. Yes. Um. But ultimately ultimately that that there is a stronger essentially he has a desire that nobody would perish, but he has a stronger desire um to give free will and yeah. to to allow his love to go out and be rejected. Yes. It is stronger than his will yeah. to letter of repair. So, how, how does he reconcile this? Apparently, by not being fast and yep. fulfilling that promise. That's right. You know, that by letting can, it take as long as, as, long as it needs, as it to, needs take. to take. Yep. And then, and then it'll still it'll be in perfect completion. Only he can. Yep. He can perfectly enact those two desires. Golly. That to us seem like a contradiction. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you desire it, then we'll do it. You know. Right. Exactly come back and just end it all or if you don't desire it then mm. that was a weirdly um
1: there's an author named taylor caldwell who i think uh wrote some great stuff dear and glorious physician is what most people are familiar with but um she wrote a whole series of books that and i think her effort at screw tape letters was a book called dialogues with the devil where michael and satan are writing letters
0: back and forth to each other man that sure sounds like
1: yeah it's very close um and but um there was a fascinating line in it, in which Michael is explaining to the devil that of all the sacrificial gifts that God gave, the most sacrificial of his gifts was the freedom of humans to reject him, hmm. because that was the hardest thing for him to actually decide to mm-hmm. do. And, and the imagery is of Michael saying, you know, kind of, I remember him making that call and how painful it was for him to say, I'm going to let some of them decide to reject me though it will break my heart mm-hmm. to let to lose even one of them mm-hmm. i've decided to give them that freedom and that's such a fascinating yep concept so anyway good yeah that's good stuff
0: it's gonna be a good sunday i um, super excited to have justin hayes helping us lead worship and mm-hmm. man I'm, I'm excited it's gonna be great Thanks, man be encouraged